No doubt in your marriage, you've probably gone through a season of feeling isolated, either maybe as a couple or isolated on your own, feeling like you're alone in your marriage. And today we want to talk about that and address some of the lies that might be swimming around in our heads and our hearts that are keeping us in that place of isolation. So we will do that and see you on the other side. Greetings and welcome once again to Fierce Marriage. My name is Ryan. This is Selena. We are the Fredericks, the Voices Faces founders of All Things Fierce, apparently. <laughs> uh, welcome to this show. So anyway, yeah, the, the lies of isolation. I think, I mean, just generally speaking, anytime that I've ever felt really frustrated or uh, like separated from you, it is when it's, it's also felt like I've been under attack too. It's really mm-hmm. true that the enemy does seek to kill and destroy. Yeah. And he often does that by separating us from mm-hmm. community. It, he isolates us so that the attacks can then be challenged less. Yeah. And a lot of times the separation starts because we're believing on some level a lie right. that validates the isolation, that validates. So we feel like isolation is better than the opposite, which would be right. oneness or right. community. So. Yeah, and we'll get into more of the conversation and defining what isolation is. Uh, but before we do that, we want to thank all of you listeners, raters, reviewers. If you have not done that already, uh, subscribers, please do that. That gets the word out, gets people hearing about the gospel in marriage. Mm. That's our goal. Uh, so keep on doing that. Thank you to those who have reviewed and support us that way. Yep, if you want to join arms with us in a very practical, really helpful way, uh, helps us sustain the ministry, go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. That'll take you to uh, a place where you can sign up to be a monthly supporter. Mm-hmm. Thank you to all of our patrons who yeah. have done that faithfully. I tell you what, over the last two years, this writing books, being marriage ministers has been pretty volatile. Mm-hmm. Like We never know if month to month it's going to make economical sense, but <laughs> our patrons have really helped to shoulder that burden with us. And it's mm-hmm. honestly, it's been the difference between uh, continuing Lightly and continuing, <laughs> continuing full force. So, yes. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. So this conversation comes from our latest book uh, called See Through Marriage. We'll show that. And of course, there's the links. And if you know us, you've probably heard about this book already. Yeah. Um, this book this, actually released at the beginning of the pandemic it lockdowns. Did. We <laughs> so did, maybe you haven't heard of it. <laughs> we did what's called a drive-by book launch party. And it's called that because we called it that. I wish we would have actually like launched. I think we tried to launch a few at people, but we should have like <laughs> done a launch launch, like put well, it in a rocket. It was raining and, and it. it was, we it was kind of a miserable Kids Pacific the Northwest day. It was actually a really miserable day, but the video made it look fun. <laughs> So check out that As video. videos should, <laughs> should do, right? <laughs> so yeah, this was our latest release, and it came out right at the beginning of that. Drive-by book launch. So drive-by book launch. So if you are interested in this book, it's called See Through Marriage, Experiencing the Freedom and Joy of Being Fully Known and Fully Loved. Seethroughbook.com. Uh, this, this, yes, this <laughs> topic of isolation obviously is addressed uh, in more depth. But here, for the sake of our conversation today, we are going to talk about uh, the three lies of isolation that tend to, I think, be more common in our hearts and in our heads. Um, but I do want to say that I think marriages can go through seasons of disconnect. I think, um, you know, defining that means like we're not, we're just not on the same page for mm-hmm. long periods of time. There's this, just this consistent uh, time that I just, man, we just cannot seem to get back in sync with each other, right? And so 
I don't think we need to be afraid of those seasons. I'm just saying that I think those seasons of disconnect can often lead and be a gateway for isolation if they're not dealt mm. with properly. So, um, And being discouraged in those seasons right. <clears throat> makes the lies seem attractive. Yes, yes. I, I'm yes. remembering back within the last year, you and I had a, I don't know, I would say two or three week span there where it was like we were just, you were speaking Spanish and I was speaking <laughs> Japanese <laughs> and it was like we could not get on the same page and it yeah. seems like when we started to get close it was something would happen and, yeah. it, would, and it would rip us apart again mm-hmm. and I remember going to bed many nights angry mm-hmm. and uh like not embittered not like holding it over her but like just frustrated because we couldn't figure this out yeah. and that led to all sorts of frustration in our intimate lives in our communication obviously well, and I think the loneliness feels even more lonelier when you know you're not supposed to be alone, right, in those yeah. situations. And so it often feels more more bleak. But yeah, try to record podcast episodes about marriage <laughs> in the middle of... It doesn't usually happen. We try. I think we've done a few. Sometimes but then, we can rally. And, and sometimes we're like, mic drop, I'm done. We're not today. Not today. It's yep, not happening. That's true. So here we are. Apparently we're doing all right. Today. <laughs> or we're just really good at faking it, which no, I guarantee you we are not. We are not. Yes. So isolation is often slow and it can be hard to nail down like when it's actually happening in your marriage mm-hmm. uh, until it's too late. But as believers, we are not without hope. And so Amen. let's just start off with Genesis 2.18. Then God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I believe the statement was made by God, not just for this time as he's creating but for all of humanity. And mm. this is, again, this I'm not saying that you introvert, because I have a very introvert, we both have some introverted sides to us, you can never be alone or away from your spouse, right? Because we all need to take time to get refueled, right. uh, to rest. And this is not a statement about singleness either. Like, because you're single, you're, you're not alone, right? You're, we're not called to be right. alone. In the context, if you see in verse 20, Adam was doing the work that God had put his hand to. The man yeah. gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the heavens, to every beast of the field, but for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him, right? So mm. it's a call to not be alone in the life and the work that God has put you in in this time, in this moment in history. Uh, the enemy yeah. of isolation is is unity, or as the Bible puts it, the two becoming fl- one flesh or a term oneness. Which that passage specifically is about marital unity. Mm. And you rightfully said that it's not, nece- it's not saying that because you're single, you are now somehow incomplete. In, yeah, or excluded from. Because in, in Christ, and I think you can make the same case in the old, pr- you know, previous, prior to Christ in the Old Testament. But in Christ, it's amazing how he uses this language, and the two shall become one flesh. When we got us brought together, let man not separate, right, in Mark. Right. And so he's, he's in, that, in that passage referring to marriage mm-hmm. as a refute to the Pharisees. But then throughout scripture, we have this picture of our union with Christ mm-hmm. and his flesh being the, the atonement for our flesh. Mm-hmm. And now the, the, for, the forthcoming complete unity with Christ in glory as, mm-hmm. you know, as his bride unified with him, right. the bride being the, the, the church universal. So I, I just I love that, that picture that, yes, we're not called to isolation. And yet th- that has to do with a healthy interdependence. Mm-hmm husband and wife, but also interdependence, uh, Christian to other Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also, and I think ultimately has to do with our dependence upon Christ. Mm. Christ is independent. There's not an interdependence there. Like he doesn't depend on us, (laughs) but we depend on him. And that is, uh, we we are not called to to live alone in Mm -hmm. that sense. We are called to be unified with Christ. Right. 
through right. his blood and work on the cross. So, so there's always there's always this call. It's interesting because right there's this call to oneness, but oneness is not aloneness. I guess that'll tweet right. Oneness is not alone. <laughs> it's not a call to aloneness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you're okay. Maybe I'm I don't know if anyone would argue that. Abilities. I don't know if any, No, I'm saying I know, but when you you think of like a single person, they're not called to be alone, right? They're called to oneness in the body of Christ, oneness with Christ. Um, oneness with Christ. I mean, you look at the Trinity. So it implies one. it's just, oneness implies two separate parts being brought parts together. Parts being brought together. So yeah, yeah. So in that 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 word yeah implies that there was at one point not oneness right and so to say it's not alone right i, I want to tweet it but i don't know <laughs> i don't tweet at all apparently i have a twitter and i've account. been following you for years I don't, so you know. Post I don't know so <laughs> when you start feeling isolated you're starting to feel this drift away from each other mm-hmm. starting to feel alone um two things that you should do first of all don't hide don't hide like adam and eve in the garden we don't have to be afraid trust and be known by god mm-hmm. and by other believers uh Bring other believers around you through your church community. Um, hiding perpetuates isolation. So let's walk in the light, friends. Um, the second thing you should do is ask yourself and your spouse, is there any unconfessed sin uh, that we're allowing in our marriage? And I'm not saying that, I mean, we did say that oftentimes there are some lies and there's sin uh, that can underline this feeling of isolation or this drift. But there's also things I think that um, we deal with in terms of fear and anxiety and maybe some mental health issues that can kind of cause us to mm. not want to deal with other people or not step out of uh, this place of, of isolation because we're so afraid. And, and again, fear, I don't think it's a sin. I think it's uh, fear of man. But I, again, I just want to say that I think... But that's so much easier to... I mean, you you said don't hide and ask yourself, is there unconfessed sin? I mean, my first knee-jerk reaction was, well, it's easier to hide. Like, it makes right. more sense to hide. I'm ashamed, right. so why wouldn't why wouldn't I just... I don't want to... Yeah, I get that I'm a sinner, but I don't want to bring it out into the open. I'd rather... Right, right, which is what we're going to address. In I'd rather size. deal yeah. with it myself, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. But, but why should I deal with my unconfessed sin with her? Right. Like, why should I do that? And why shouldn't I hide? Yeah, sure. You know, I'm not leaving my wife. I'm not going to the bedroom and like physically I'm not going away from her. We're right. still together, not really hiding in that sense. I'm just not like letting her know this 2% of my life. Yeah. So what's wrong with that? So yeah. And we're telling you like, that's just have to trust, trust yeah. that there that is 2% something. 2% is a big deal. Yeah. 2% is <laughs> the difference between feeling fully loved and feeling like loved, but <laughs> so not really <laughs> loved, loved except so not really loved. <laughs> so the first lie of, isol- of isolation, uh, this lie number one, I can't be transparent or known by my spouse because I am trying to keep what little peace we have. Mm. Uh, so a couple this, things happening here. Well, I hear this a lot from from men. Sure. Who? It's funny. Okay. I have a wife voice in well, my head. Well, makes sense. I don't have other wives' voices in my head. <laughs> I don't have other men's. Have you heard? I have, my, I have my wife's voice in my head. <laughs> I hear this from a lot of men, and I've thought these thoughts myself too. Yeah. Is you know you're dealing with something. We talked about shame just a moment moment ago. Namely, you know, a lot of men deal with some sort of sexual pornography addiction, uh, just things of their past. And if they are just extremely afraid that if they are honest with their wife, that mm-hmm. it will devastate her. And it will be the, the it'll be the, the straw that broke the camel's back because maybe she's caught him previously right. or they have a, a fragile trust already. And he's like, I'm just trying to keep the well, little bit of peace that we and there's, have. There's some truth to that though, right? There is some truth to that because y- 
somebody, a, a spouse bringing up some unconfessed sin or something that, that can devastate, yeah, yeah it's going to hurt. If it involves the other person, it's going to hurt them. Uh, yes, it's going to be a breach of trust. And yes, there's going to be uh, a lack of peace, right? However, however, mm, right? A big however in there. There, there. We are believers and followers of Christ. So our hope and our end is not there, hmm. right? And so that's so huge. And that's, it, it comes down to do we trust that God's way is better than our own way? Yes. Do we trust that when he says confess your sins? Well, again, it's not about us. Essentially, it is, but it's not, right? Like, it's about us, but it's not ending with us. It is ending with the hope of Christ redeeming us. And so in the book, I use, (laughs) which I'm kind of like, this is a silly example, but not. I use Jonah, right, and going to Nineveh. He's going to the place that that he doesn't want to go. God's saying, go there and preach the gospel. Call them to repentance. Stop worshiping their false gods. And he's like, do you know what Nineveh's like, Lord? Like, do you know? Like, I don't want to go there. That's a dangerous, scary place to be proclaiming that kind of message. So he tries to run away and God puts him in a whale, right? In a fish, a big fish. And not saying that, you know, if you run away, you're going to be put in a big fish, but <laughs> a smelly, dark uh, place that you're sitting there, just cold, shivering, smelly, lacking. Dark like, cold. I mean, it's not a place I want to be forever and ever, right? Obedience brings God's peace, right? Nineveh, he didn't want to go there. But if God's calling you to go to your Nineveh with your spouse and say, hey, I've got some stuff. I don't want to go here, but I know that the Holy Spirit is prompting me. Wow. He's prodding me. I need to go. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, Second Timothy says, but of love, power, and a sound mind. We can go to those places without fear. Okay. So what happens? What happens at Nineveh when, when Jonah? They repent. <laughs> they respond. Is. There it is. They respond. Again, a trust in God's calling, God's leading prayerfully for us. Like I can... If I know that I have to bring a hard conversation or topic to him, typically my first response is prayer for his heart, uh, for him to be able to hear me, uh, for him to have a soft like response. Soft, squishy heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but the thing about that too, and this is maybe I want to highlight with Jonah, they, they repent, they turn, and then Jonah immediately says, he, he basically was upset because he didn't want them <laughs> oh, to, Jonah. to receive yeah, the, the like mercy he of felt God. they were undeserving of it. Yeah, and so to me that highlights the fact that his mercy is not contingent on our ability to navigate the waters well or to even have the right motives, mm. that he will have mercy on whom he chooses to have mm. mercy and he will allow softened hearts in whom he allows softened hearts. Yeah. And the question is, are we going to trust him yes. as we walk into this quote-unquote Nineveh situation where right. we feel like, listen, all the odds are stacked against me, my wife, there's no reason she has to not throw this in my face mm. for the next 10 years. I've done this before. Uh, she will not trust me ever. Yeah. Like, are you going to trust God with that? Or are you going to continue to trust yourself? Because right. like you said, Selena, you want to end up in that, that cold, dark, stinky place alone, effectively drowning and suffocating by yourself? Or do you want to trust God with yeah. with what he There's said? There's one of two options. To do? You only got two options here. And I think a lot of times we can trick ourselves into thinking the stinky place isn't quite as stinky as it actually is. <laughs> of course we do. Of course we do. Um, yeah. But the truth is, is that we are called to be peacemakers and yeah. not just peacekeepers. Uh, we can only be peacemakers when we can trust and go to the Prince of Peace yeah. himself. Uh, trusting God means knowing God. So are you, this is a quick question of, are you spending consistent and daily time in the word knowing who God is? Are you spending time uh, 
in worship, in prayer, mm. uh, all of those disciplines. That's just, I just want to throw that out there because if we don't know God, then it can be very hard to trust God in those situations. Yeah. Uh, and lastly about this, uh, don't distract or ignore your, don't we, one way that we run away, right? Like Jonah is that we distract our lives away and just try to ignore what's actually happening, but press through the fear, the shame, the insecurity, whatever it is you're dealing with, uh, press through that and ask again, the Holy Spirit to help you walk through and to this hard place, right? Hmm. Again, pray for the heart and mind of your spouse. Your marriage, you do not have to live in loneliness and you don't have to live in isolation with your sin uh, for the sake of keeping peace within your marriage. Uh, that can be so quick. We can, we can be so quick to gloss over what you just said. Pray for the heart and mind of your spouse. And I will just tell you, and we've, we've written these books, The 40-Day Prayer Journey, and uh the whole premise of those books is that God will do things that we cannot possibly do yeah. if we will just trust him. Mm -hmm. And often he'll do it regardless of whether we trust him or not. <laughs> but when we align our hearts with God through prayer, meaning we're going to scripture, we're praying and responding through and to scripture, mm -hmm. to the God who authored it mm -hmm. on behalf of our spouse, we shouldn't be surprised when he actually says, yeah, I'm going to soften her heart. Yeah. You just watch me be God and you trust me to be God. Mm. And so I, I don't know. I just want to gloss. I don't want to gloss over yeah, that point. No, that there is so much trust being expressed if we will just humble ourselves and pray to God, on and contend yeah. for the heart of our spouse, even if we are the reason for yeah. their heart being hard. It's such an opportunity for God to be glorified. Amen. So yeah. let's not overlook that. Lie uh, number two. Lie number two. <clears throat> lie number two. Okay, so lie number two is I need the time alone so I can work on myself. So that would be my response to most of these things. But pride would have us think that we can actually work on our sin alone and fix it, right? The spoiler oh, alert, boy. for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We cannot save ourselves. Outside of Christ, we cannot save ourselves. We cannot fix the mm. sin in our lives. That is God's territory. We can confess our sin to one another, right? Mm. Uh, but the one who cleanses, renews, transforms, and redeems is Jesus. Mm. And so if the two become one flesh, then you are called to not walk alone in whatever the struggle is that you're facing, whether it's sin, addiction, insecurities, fear, anxiety, whatever. We're called to be known in our marriage uh, to our spouse. Yeah. So John Owen wrote um, The Mortification of Sin, and mm. he talks about this at length. Most of that book is at length. <laughs> <laughs> but he talks about how uh, basically those who try to eradicate the sin out of their own lives mm. outside of the power and help of the Holy Spirit do so in vain. And it will so be, it, it will be, not only will you fail, but you will wear yourself out and you'll end up sinning even worse. Whoa. <laughs> There's a deeper sin of pride that's happening. Right. Thinking that I can just do this. Now, that's not necessarily what the lie could be. It could be, I'm just going to work on this, just me and God. Yeah. And then I'm going to present to you a more holy husband. Yeah. <laughs> I after mean, I've yes, isolated yes, for yes, a season. Yes. Okay. I there's would... some truth to that, but, but. It's, it's different in marriage, okay? When you have marriage, God has, especially for husbands, he has given you a helper. Yeah. He's given you a helpmate. If you are standing on a firm foundation in that you understand what the gospel is, what it means for you, yeah. you understand what love is, what, how, mm -hmm. how God defines it. If you understand what covenantal love is, that is the strong foundation that any marriage can make it through virtually anything. Mm -hmm. And well, I'll say anything by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And so if you are standing on, in your marriage on the, on that foundation, then right. I would say, don't try to figure it out on yourself. Like yeah. you're, you're, you're cutting yourself off of the knees. Like yeah. go to the one who is designed and given to you specifically to help you. Right. That's either whether you're a husband or a wife. Right. And this is not saying that like, if you are in counseling and your counselor is given you homework and your spouse homework, 
this is not that kind of situation because you're doing you're working on certain strengths and weaknesses That's as good. a person as an individual this is not talking about um just going off by myself you know alone not and he has no idea what's actually happening in my heart right we are being known even in those situations uh and those times of, of working on like specific areas in our lives uh, ephesians 2 8 9 for by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing it is the mm-hmm. gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast again an opportunity for god to be glorified in our weakness in mm-hmm. our lack of ability to be known to be working on ourselves by ourselves that just it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't give god any glory it gives us and we can't even boast about it really because we never will fix ourselves i mean imagine trying to uh, it's a dead end either way some of you know our story i had heart surgery like i cannot possibly imagine performing a heart surgery on myself There's no possible way There's to do it. No Even way. if you got the anesthesia just right, you know, and I could I could do it without die, like without fainting from the pain. Like there's just no way because you have to they actually have to stop my heart yeah. to work on it. Mm. And only God can 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 do that delicate surgery and only he can bring a dead heart back to life yes. and he will do what's necessary, but he is the only one. Yeah. Who can do it? So yeah. 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 So again, ideally marriage should be a safe place for you to bring your struggles. And I know it isn't always, um, but I would say before you consider sharing your struggles with your spouse, first go to God again with your fears, go to God because no doubt like this narrative of, well, he's just going to exploit all of these things that I tell him. Like he doesn't really care about me. He's going to throw it in his face and throw it in my face whenever he gets mad at me. You know, we've got to go to God with those fears, those worries, those anxieties. First, Peter reminds us to cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. That's a real possibility. It is true. Yes. That you're you're unequally yoked and your spouse doesn't value the things of God and just wants to throw it in your face. Like that's a possibility. Now, that's a bummer. We're not here to say get over that. We're here to say that's an opportunity then to press even deeper into the identity that Christ has given you. And And I'll say this, the prescription and description of love that he's given you mm-hmm. that even when someone is counting your wrongs against you mm-hmm. love would not count that person's wrongs against right. them right and so that is an opportunity then to cling to christ to cling to the cross yeah. and to trust that despite the circumstance like he is still being glorified in you in your suffering well and that yeah. is suffering yeah so anyway that's just to kind of because a lot of spouses are just worn out because they've tried yeah. and they've done the things and they're just feeling like, listen, I know what he's going to do. Yeah. And, and, and they're right. But that's not a call to give up. It's a call to trust Christ more, friend. Mm-hmm. And and so, I don't know, just be, be encouraged by that. Don't be I think I read, in, I think it was in Matthew yesterday uh, about forgiveness. They're saying, how many times do we forgive? Seven times? Like 70 times seven, right? Christ is just So exactly 490 times. <laughs> not the so point. Forgive, the point. And we have episodes on forgiveness and apologies. So yeah. go check those out because there's a lot on forgiveness. It's not just forgetting and moving on. There's a whole journey and process, okay? Yeah. Uh, some questions that you might ask yourself. Uh, how am I living alone rather than in covenant with my spouse? If you're dealing with this, this lie of I need to just kind of work alone on it, on my sin, on my insecurities. How look at your life. How are you doing that? How is that starting to like play out in your life and where can you 
begin to see that um, working out. Am I hiding and trying to fix myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, why? What are the reasons that I'm living like this? I mean, maybe your spouse is a hard person to talk to and you're just kind of scared to talk to him about some of these things. Not scared yeah. and like physically fearful, but just nervous because y- you kind of can anticipate their response. But again, trusting the Lord, praying for your spouse, knowing that no matter the response, like your mm-hmm. salvation, your soul rests in Christ. I just want to make a really quick point. If you, if the point of your marriage is to, is to make one another more holy, then mm. this makes a lot more sense. If yeah. the point of your marriage is not that, uh, so here's an example. I, I just, scripture, you know, husband will present his wife to the father at some mm-hmm. point. Just like, I want you to be a, a bride, like spotless. And I've, Paul talks about this and, uh, that's, that's a really sobering slash terrifying mm. thing to think like, God, you're going to, you, you've watched every stray word. Mm. every un- unloving tone yeah you've heard all the mutterings of my heart mm. so am i am i am i going to present my wife mm. to you as you know spotless and blameless so the point is not you know there's going to be a lot of grace needed right. for me on that day the point <laughs> is though that the point that marriage is not about just getting through the conflict it's about hey i'm here to make you holy you are here mm-hmm. to make me holy god is using you to that end and, and mm-hmm. me to that end mm-hmm. So let's press into that. Yeah. So when our view is elevated like that, then it becomes so much harder just to get, just to wallow in the sin or to or stay to, hidden in it. I think. Yeah, or to rub your spouse's face in it. Yeah. Like, listen, you made it known. Let's get out of here. Come on, let's go. Let's let's run from this place. Let's deal with the pain yeah. and let's move on. Yeah. And but it only works if your goal is not if if your goal is centered on God's goal, which is sanctification, holiness. Right. This third lie, um, we don't talk about it in the book as being like a corporate lie that we subscribe to as a couple, but I think that it kind of applies. It can very easily apply to both of us and not just Mm. one of us. Um, This kind of lie of comparison, like our marriage isn't that bad. It's definitely not as bad as theirs, right? Like maybe you're knowing what's going on in someone else's marriage and it's so easy to play that comparison game, but spoiler alert, you will always lose as will the people that you're comparing to. 2 Corinthians 10 uh, verse 12, Paul, he's showing how comparing yourselves just shows a lack of understanding. It says, mm. now that we dare to classify, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Mm. Again, comparing ourselves shows our lack of understanding of why, what might really be happening within our marriage. Like yeah. We may think we're good because we're not as bad as them, but the Holy Spirit, God might be prompting us, convicting us, saying, hey, mm. there's some sin here. There's some fear that I want you to be living in freedom from. Uh, there's things in your marriage, no doubt, like we are broken sinners. Everybody has sin that they're dealing with uh, that God yeah. wants to bring to the surface and and root out of us for his glory. There's only one comparison worth making in marriage, and that's to Christ. And, and, and we and don't you'll measure, never measure up. up, which is why you need him. <laughs> right. Because though, though in the flesh we don't measure up to Christ, we are made positionally aligned with him yeah, because of his grace. Right. And so, yeah, if you find yourself comparing to other couples, like honestly, just let that in your mind from this point forward <laughs> be that red flag to you yeah. that says that you need to turn your gaze yeah, and not say, you know, we're not as bad as them. Yeah. You know, we're pretty bad, but we're not as bad as them. So, yeah. so we don't really need to deal with this could be worse. Well, and I think there's something to be said about couples that are around you that sharpen you uh, and 
seen that as a not a comparison but a, a gauge rather because hmm. we have couples around us that I'm like wow they like sit and read their bible together every morning and like we struggle with that like sometimes our days don't match up with young kids and I read in the morning or I read at night and he reads in the morning like we just try to we're working on coming together um through that season and again it's not a point of man they're super holy and like awesome christians and we are not it is more of oh i love that unity about them like it's usually something that you love that's leading that conversation rather than something that you're just like trying to feel better it's it's something bad that you're trying to make yourself feel better with so i'm trying to differentiate between like the heart orientation what you just described versus a heart orientation that says we're not as bad as them or, you know, comparing in a healthy way versus seeing and being sharpened. I think in a it's pride way. versus a humility like. Well, and it has to do with your, your, your vision of things, right? Yeah. So if your goal is, again, to be more like Christ, to be to know God more intimately, yeah. then you'll look at another couple's example and say, they figured out a way to know God more intimately. Yeah, I like that. Let's follow what let's they're doing. Let's do that. Yeah, like or let's grow, work to do that. Yeah, and we're not we going to feel grow. condemned by that. but we're gonna, Or we're not going to feel insecure by that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to iterate ourselves. Yes. We're going to change a yes. little bit. Yes. To be a little bit more holy right. as, as the Lord allows and the Holy Spirit leads. So. I think there's freedom that we can experience as a couple together by not yeah. comparing uh, to other couples around us. Yeah. Uh, marriage, again, it's a means of sanctification, which is to be made more holy. And we can't experience his goodness hmm. uh, if we think that we have somehow arrived, right? This lack of understanding saying, well, we're fine compared to them. So we're good. Like, I don't have any work to do here. So... <laughs> Again, one of the lies, one of the lies that we're trying to dispel. And let's live honestly. Let's live with our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus. Uh, and let's let the gospel and the Holy Spirit bring the convictions uh, as he see fits. As he sees, sees fit. fit. <laughs> I was like, that didn't sound right. He might out. see fits too. I know that he fits. <laughs> and he sees you fits if you're watching this. Uh, so just some final encouragements. I mean, whatever is keeping you and your spouse living in isolation, whether it's isolation from each other or isolation from Christian community, uh, mm. bring it to the Lord. Fear and anxiety, mm. bring it to the Lord. Ask him for wisdom. Bring others in. Bring your pastor in. Bring a counselor, a trusted Christian guide couple Bring them in. If you have unconfessed sin, I mean, look at Genesis 3. How did God deal with Adam and Eve and their sin? He searched yeah. for them. He pursued them, and he covered them. We see our loving Father going to great yeah. lengths to call us out and to bring, in order to bring us in. I, I wanted to touch on something else just very quickly, and mm-hmm. I, I wish I would have thought of this sooner, but here we are. <laughs> Generally, these types of conversations center around sin and shame. They can also center around things like doubt. Yeah. Or things like fear mm-hmm. or anxiety, where you know sometimes I will um, feel a great deal of, for me, anxiety. I don't usually feel anxiety, but sometimes it crops up, and I feel like I don't want to bring it to Selena because it'll just make her anxious. <laughs> right, because he doesn't usually worry or have. Right. When it's gotten to that point, then I'm like, oh, it's now. If he's bringing it to me, <clears throat> then it's serious. Some of that is me as a husband, like taking yeah. taking one for the team because I am trying to protect my family sometimes from things that aren't necessary. You have to be able to discern what's healthy there, but I just don't want it to be all about sin. It could be, you know, maybe a wife you're, you're struggling with, you know, believing in the gospel. You're struggling with believing yeah. that God is who everyone says he is, or who yeah. the Bible says he is. And here's why. You think, look at look at the suffering happening in the right. world. Look at this relative of ours who got cancer and died. And yeah. look at this miscarriage that we had last year. And I have all these reasons and mm-hmm. things that I don't believe who God says he is. I don't believe it. Yeah. And isolation, the lies would say that you just deal with that on your own. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you that that, that is not the way. Mm-hmm. The way is to 
press into the one who God has given you. And, you know, sometimes we hold on to these lies too because it just feels better because I don't really want to believe that God right. is you. It's familiar. It's safe. We don't want to. Well, and, and there's something in my heart that wants to rebel against him. Always. Yes. And so I just wanted to make that, that sub point. It's good. And that it's not just about sin, but it's about any sort of struggle that you have and the shame that might ensue or the, the inclination that you might yeah. have to, to run good. and hide in it's light good. of that. So, so a couple of uh, couples conversation challenge options. Um, Big one. Again, they're in our book. Uh, you can read Genesis 2 and 3 aloud and take some time to consider kind of the relevance of this account to your own marriage. Uh, what stands out? What do you? How do you see God's character kind of unfolding? Uh, the second one would be of the three lies that we talked about today, which one do you both readily identify with? Um, why do you think that is? Again, going to God. Uh, asking him for help and then asking him to bring people that mm. you can take that to as well. Seek godly counsel. And then the last option, um, if this if this is a conversation about sin um, and confessing it to one another, s- confessing sin is a part of the Christian life. It is a it's spiritual it's a spiritual discipline. Uh, you could say that. I just say get used to it. Yeah. Like just get used to being uh, known as a sinner. Mm-hmm. Like just get used to that. Now we don't focus on that identity because we not we're not identified as sinners anymore. Mm-hmm. We're identified as saints in yes. Christ. But one thing that saints do is they rid themselves of sin. Mm-hmm. They offload it. And the way we offload it is we confess to God. We confess to one another. Mm-hmm. So just get used to it. And and yeah. it, if if you if you're finding that you're afraid to confess sin, either. Uh, Ask the Lord to help you overcome that fear yeah. or find friends that aren't going to just throw it in your face. Right. Like find people that are going to help you through it and not just throw it back at you. And if you are not a Christian or you are finding us and you're like, wow, I like what they have to say about marriage. Uh, they sure talk a lot about Jesus and God, and I don't understand maybe everything about him, and I want to. Um, what's the website they can go to? Thenewsisgood.com. and you can check out so weird to be like here here's the gospel on the website but we love jesus we want to share him uh in a way that is helpful to you but we also will just shout it from the mountaintops if that's what he says so here's the deal without christ we would be divorced 10 times over Mm -hmm. Um, without christ i might even be in a grave right now and uh you might feel like you want to be in a grave right now you might feel like you're ready for divorce and we're here to say like if you want hope you want real life it doesn't start with fixing your marriage it starts with jesus Mm -hmm. and that's why we're saying go to him Jesus is real. He was a real man. He walked this earth. He died a real death and he rose a real resurrection, resurrected life. Mm-hmm. And he ascended into heaven. He reigns in glory and he's inviting you into relationship with him, mm-hmm. into loving, obeying, honoring, cherishing him, giving you the free gift of grace, mm-hmm. the free gift of grace, not by your merit, but so that you can then live out your life in a way that loves him, honors him, and then spend eternity with him. Mm-hmm. So, thenewsisgood.com, check that out. And then find somebody to walk you through that, disciple you, find a pastor, find a friend who knows Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for um, your grace once again. Mm -hmm. We'd be lost without you. This is truer and truer by the day and truer in ways that we will never understand this Mm -hmm. side of glory. So we love you. We want to follow you. Lord, I pray for the couples feeling isolated from one another. I pray that you would embolden them by your spirit to walk in truth, to walk in the light, to Uh, to be known fully by their spouse so that they might um, be made more righteous through whatever Mm -hmm. difficult conversations that that might need to be had. So Lord, I pray for the husbands struggling, the wives struggling, that you would be their strength and you would push them forward, Lord, Mm -hmm. in your grace, 
But more than anything, let them know that you are near and you will never leave nor forsake them. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. This episode of Fierce Marriages. We can. See you again in about seven days. So until next time. Stay fierce.